The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine containing topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month, learn about a Lions Leo Club at a school for the blind and part one of Fall and Winter Fashions with Lynn Cooper. These and other updates on ACB Reports for October 2007. The Indiana School for the Blind and Visually Impaired has its own Leo Club. Al Lavati is a teacher at the school and the club sponsor. During this year's convention of the American Council of the Blind, Mr. Lavati gave a brief history of the club. Thank you. About five years ago, uh, Professor Matt Maurer of Butler University and I began working with students at ISBVI using technology and pizza as a hook to bring students together to form a group called the COGS. The kids thought this stood for a collection of geniuses. <laughs> or maybe they thought of the COG itself, you know, that integral small component of a machine that, while it may be small, uh, without it, the machine's not going to work. Uh, things can't be created. Uh, you know, progress just stops in its tracks. Matt and I let the kids think that they were geniuses because we knew the real meaning of COGS, which is a collection of geeks. <laughs> As we worked with the students, we found ourselves focusing less on technical uh, aspects and, and spending more time on the personal skills of the students, uh, the way they interacted with the others, and more importantly, the way they viewed themselves and their role uh, in life. It may sound a little strange that we took away the fancy technical toys but we replaced that with more pizza, and our monthly pizza bill grew as more students showed up for the meetings. Uh, we were so successful that Pizza Hut sent my wife flowers, <laughs> washed the dog, and even trimmed the hedges. Uh, a couple of years ago, the Cogs went through a little change, and with the help of the Washington Township Lions Club of Indianapolis, we became a Leo Club which is the uh, youth component of the Lions. And until I officially hear otherwise, I'm telling the people that the ISBVI Leo Club is the first club in the world with a 100% membership of blind and visually impaired youth. Yeah. Presently, we have 17 members. Each of our meetings focus on some aspect of blindness and community service. Guest speakers have included school alumni. We've had uh, the Lion and Leader Dog representative Pauline Ulrey come and speak. Uh, Dottie Flack of the uh, Lions Cancer Control came. Indiana representatives of NFB Ron and Jean Brown came. And most recently, Lion Carla and Lion Adam Rucheville drove all the way up from Louisville to attend one of our uh, meetings with their uh, club president, Lion Mark Feach. And, and that's how Lions call each other. We call each other Lions, Lion Al. And, and it's with an I, not a Y. Let's hear it. Let, have the Lions clap here. Any Lions? Yeah. Ah. I, I keep telling the kids that the Lions are all over the place. We keep finding more and more. Lion Carla and Lion Adam came and, and talked to the kids about Lionism, ACB, and just generally pumped them up for this year's convention. We even had a conference call 
and uh, ACB President Chris Gray joined us for a few months and spoke to the kids, which was really neat. During the past couple of years, the ISB Valley Leo's community projects have included working with the residents of a Alzheimer's Assisted Care Unit of St. Paul Hermitage located near Indianapolis. Uh, we don't bake cookies, we don't throw parties, we visit. Uh, we eat with the residents, we knit with the residents, we sing with the residents, we play music, we read to them, and we just basically visit. It's sort of like visiting grandma and grandpa's way I kind of explain it to the kids. One of the big things that we do when we visit uh, the residents is that uh, through our horticulture department we bring plant cuttings. And so every time we visit we uh, tend to the plant cuttings and we help the residents uh, care for the plants and um, eventually uh, at the end of the year some of the plants stay in the residents' rooms and some of the plants are then taken outside and planted around the facility. One of the side projects that developed from that is that a couple of Leos and a staff member Dave Schneiders built a wheelchair high accessible potting table so that the residents who all are in wheelchairs able to work outside and continue to experience the, the joys and pleasures of working with plants. <laughs> the Leos also raised money this year to purchase $350 worth of uh, McDonald food coupons and prepaid phone cards, which were donated to the Alliance Cancer Control of Indiana. These items have been made available to families of patients receiving cancer treatments as many times the patients are far from home and familiar surroundings, uh, the phone cards help to provide a uh, line of communication with distant family members, and uh, the McDonald coupons offer a little distraction during what can be a difficult time. The Leos have also been supportive of their sponsoring Lions Club by helping out at the annual corn stand at the State Fair. Two of the Leos present, uh, Leo Alyssa and Leo Alex, each worked separate shifts at the 500-degree oven that roasts the corn. Leo Alyssa holds the record of working a four-hour shift by herself. And trust me, when the wind changes directions, it feels like you're losing your eyebrows. The Leos have also attended and presented at various state-level Lions conventions and have visited many uh, local Lions clubs around Indiana, making presentations about blindness and low vision and ISBVI. A couple of Leos and uh, ISB staff member G. Reynolds and I also attended the Indiana State Conventions for ACB and NFB this past year. It was at the ACB convention that we met ACB Lion Alan Beatty, who helped start the process of um, helping us get to the convention. Additionally, the Leos raised money that was used, along with uh, money received from the Indiana Lions Committee for ISBVI. ISBVI and their families to fund this year's summer trip. In addition to the six Leos, the two staff members from ISB here at the ACB convention, three Leos and one ISB staff member are also attending the NFB convention in Atlanta. But money wasn't enough to ensure a seat on the plane to here or to Atlanta. Several of the staff put together a Steps to Minneapolis and Steps to Atlanta document that included researching both groups, finding information about some of the movers and shakers in the organizations, reading books and stories dealing with blindness and low vision, looking over last year's convention, for example, and pretending that this was last year, and what would you do if you went to last year's convention? Uh, pick out some of the uh, sessions and, and tell us why you want to go to them and what you think to get from it. During this process, we kept communication up with the families, and, and the students were encouraged to take their families to the websites to show them what they found and to discuss.
And during our stay, too, we're having the kids uh, meet at night. We're talking about our experiences and writing things down. I'm making the kids keep track of their expenses. And uh, if I don't get receipts, you're not getting any more money from me. The more I've worked with these kids, I've really come to realize, and I think people are too, that they truly are cogs in all sense of the word. Uh, they are geniuses. Uh, they are those little pieces that make things happen, because obviously I wouldn't be here if they weren't doing what they're doing. And uh, they're keeping the momentum going and the progress going. And my hope, really, for the coming year is that we are able to strengthen our ties with organizations such as ACB, NFB, the Lions, the Alumni of ISBBI, and other schools to help bring this type of valuable information and experience that we've had to more youth around the state and the nation. Uh, thank you. Al Labati is the technology coordinator at the Indiana School for the Blind and Visually Impaired and the sponsor of the school's Leo Club. From the American Council of the Blind, you're listening to ACB Reports. Last month, American Council of the Blind Advocacy and Governmental Affairs Director Eric Bridges reported on several issues pending in Congress, including S-1686, the Legislative Branch Appropriations Act, which will fund the National Library Service Digital Talking Book Program. At our production deadline for this program on September 15th, no action had occurred on this bill, and no action is expected before October 1st, the beginning of the new government fiscal year. ACB's Washington Connection will give you late-breaking information about this and other legislative issues. You can contact the Washington Connection toll-free at the number given at the end of this broadcast. have comments about today's program? Send an email message to reports at acbradio.org or write to us at American Council of the Blind, 1155 15th Street, Northwest, Suite 1004, Washington, D.C., 20005. It is October and fall is finally in the air, bringing cooler temperatures and some cool fashion too. So here's Lynn Cooper with part one of Fall and Winter Fashions. This time, she'll talk about fashions for men. These are gathered from the pages of numerous magazines, but I've pretty much winnowed the trends from Men's Vogue, Men's Journal, GQ, New York Times, all of the media that are out there showing these trends, not just in fashion magazines, as you can imagine. Major theme uh, for fall, not terribly different, but it may actually represent where we are as a culture. We're sort of subdued, sleek, lean profiles, meaning very narrow cuts, very body-hugging, and dark tones. Not a lot of bright colors at all. Very muted grays, dark navies, uh, blacks. Very, very, very subtle and subdued. Not a bad thing as we are looking for classics in our wardrobe. Colors, as I said, black, always big, and uh, dark grays and very dark blues, navies. 
almost black. They're so dark. Outerwear, we see a new a look, which is a single-breasted. This is everywhere, and it's so terribly elegant. And it's one of these that if you are going to make an investment, you know, two thumbs up. It's a single-breasted car coat, and it's very slim. doesn't have to be so slim, but it doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles. No belt. It's usually just to the knees or a little bit below, and it's in either microfiber, which is that sort of um, silk-feeling polyester or synthetic fiber that travels really well as it doesn't wrinkle, or in wool. Another big look is a leather motorcycle jacket. They're calling them a motocross jacket, and probably everybody over the years has one in their closet. They're also easy to find at resale shops. And uh, they can look weathered. They needn't look brand new. But uh, leather motorcycle-style jackets, real big for men and women. And, of course, a classic trench is still a great investment. You know, that's a Burberry-style classic, either khaki or black or or a dark-colored trench coat, which is a really good idea for wearing over suits and what have you. And, of course, your top coat. I um, really suggest a, a nice, as much... Uh, as we can pay for it is a good idea because that is something that we want to um, look well. And a wool top coat is a very good idea in a dark color, gentlemen. So that is one of those pieces that we're going to get a lot of wear out of. So think about that as an investment as we move into fall and winter and something in a classic style that we can carry on for years and years. When we look at suits and sport coats, Subtle again, um, we're seeing three-button. Of course, that seems to be the profile, three-button. And remember, we only button one or two. Slim profile, again, dark colors, narrow slacks. If I can wrap it up into a look, if you will, it's sort of the boys' band in the 1960s. Very narrow jacket, very tapered, narrow slacks. Now, gentlemen, if we are not... 20 years old and have uh, model bodies, which most human beings don't, we want to adapt this for ourselves. If we go into a store where we normally shop and they cater to mature individuals, that narrow slack will not be quite so tapered to the ankle. It will be modified. And of course, in slacks, absolutely no pleats. And uh, with a narrow slack, you're very seldom going to see a cuff either. In suits, what we're seeing, Mike, is it's so subdued that the only detail we are seeing for men is a very subtle stripe. I call that a chalk stripe, but it's very, very, very subtle. In past years, when it's been flashier, you might have a a bolder, louder uh, pattern on the suits or a louder stripe, but it's a very subtle stripe. And then another thing that's being shown, kind of a new look, which is sort of fun, is not a three-piece suit uh, per se, that of course is always going to be seen for that whole British banker look, but a sweater vest, a very thin knit sweater vest. It's a nice touch under a suit and it is a nice touch uh, just by itself with a pair of dress pants and maybe a tie. Sport coats, you know, usually Mike, sport coats are where we can get kind of wild and woolly in uh, patterns and uh, fun prints and what have you, but uh, in this sort of subdued season, we are seeing very, very, very subtle patterns, and if they are there, they are very subdued. Shirts and tops, uh, dress shirts, small checks, 
small, thin stripes. Once again, it's fun to put a pattern in one's dress shirt, but this season it's very small, it's very subdued. Stripes are always big. Of course, French cuffs continue to be huge. They are really staying strong, and that is a very powerful look for a very classic business environment. And then casual shirts, let's just say, Mike, that somebody's bopping around during the day in their casual slacks or jeans, which are, of course, again, this year, following with the rest of the trend, dark, dark blue. Blue jeans are dark blue. Um, We're seeing dark, long sleeve, sometimes a little sheen to the uh, cotton fabric shirts, and they are narrow fitting as well with a nice belt. Sweaters. Zip cardigans are the rage. Not your grandpa's cardigan, you know, with the three buttons and the two pockets. It's a zip cardigan, very sleek. Once again, subdued colors, dark gray, dark blue, black. Mock turtleneck, meaning it comes up and it zips usually all the way into what would uh, be a faux turtleneck. A plain or, as I said, a subtle pattern, sometimes maybe in a real subdued argyle pattern, which is that... um, pattern you'll see on socks, which is diagonal a pattern, but very subdued. And this zip cardigan is worn in lieu of a jacket. It's a real nice look if you're going somewhere and you're not sure that you want to drop on a uh, sport coat. It's a real nice look. So that would be an investment piece. And slacks, once again, following that 60s look, lean and narrow at ankle. More exaggerated trends can be followed when one is young. This is my advice. And then, of course, uh, the designers deliver a modified version of that fashion-forward look that sets the trend. So what will happen is when they send people down the runway, those things are usually modified before they are delivered to stores across America. No pleats, as I said, so we want to stay with the flat front. And, And once again, no matter what size we are, fellas, that is slimming. Dark, again, to dark black and dark navy, dark gray. And as I said before, the blue jean color is dark. And that is kind of nice, too, because that becomes more formal. Remember, the darker the color, the more formal it becomes. And, of course, we, as best we can, never crease your jeans. Ties, actually the hippest new tie, and if you want to throw in one for fun, and I wouldn't say spend a lot of money on it, are knit ties. And these are actually knit ties, Mike, that we saw maybe back 20, 25 years ago, and then slim. A knit tie will pretty much keep the same width throughout the entire tie, and it's going to be reminiscent, once again, of the 60s, slimmer than a regular silk tie. Eyeglasses, for regular eyeglasses, vintage 1960s, meaning that kind of uh, Steve Allen black, kind of chunky. So the first thing you see on somebody is their eyeglasses. And then for sunglasses, what remain really big are wire-framed aviator style, and that's the curved eyeglass and its curved piece of metal across the nose, the aviator style. That is a style that any optician would know of if one went to the optical store, but also anybody in an eyeglass department would know what you're speaking of if you requested an aviator style. And accessories, Mike, messenger bags versus backpacks continue to be big, and usually they're worn across the body for security and also for ease on the back and the spine, but for practical reasons, a backpack, not a bad idea. Keep it in a solid color so that it doesn't look like a junior high school. If you've got one hand in a cane, one hand on your dog, practicality dictates that you may need to wear a backpack. 
And then facial hair, what we're finding is clean-shaven. You know, some seasons we have a little goatee, or some seasons they show a little mustache or something. Facial hair is clean-shaven, which certainly makes it easy for our listeners, easier. And finally, hair, shorter on the sides, longer and wavy and full on top. Not a buzz cut on the sides, but certainly shorter on the sides, not terribly exaggerated sideburns and a little longer and fuller on the top, which is kind of a a fun look. That was Lynn Cooper of Lynn Cooper & Associates, Chicago. Lynn Cooper developed the Mirrors Project as part of her personal and professional effort to make the world accessible to all people and to offer positive reflections to people of all abilities. These personal image segments heard on ACB Reports are an ongoing part of the Mirrors Project. Lynn has established an email address through which to receive your feedback, comments, and suggestions regarding these personal image segments. That address is mirrors1usa at yahoo.com. That's M-I-R-R-O-R-S 1 USA at yahoo.com. Number is the number one. Fall is a busy time for the officers and board members of the American Council of the Blind. Not only do they have a fall board meeting scheduled, but they're also attending conventions of numerous ACB affiliates. Here's a list of upcoming affiliate conventions pulled from the calendar page of the ACB website. The annual convention of the Illinois Council of the Blind will take place October 5th through the 7th at the Holiday Inn City Center in Peoria. Contact the Illinois Council of the Blind at 866-850-1336 or email icb at icbonline.org for more information. The South Dakota Affiliate Convention will be held on October 12th and 13th at the Starlight Inn in Brookings. The theme is, Where Are We Going? ACB of Oregon will hold their state convention October 19th through the 21st at the Grants Pass Conference Center in Grants Pass, Oregon. For more details, email lady-potter at comcast.net. The Mountain State Council of the Blind of West Virginia will hold its convention October 19th through 21st at the South Branch Inn. For additional information, please email the dog mom that's T-H-E-D-O-G-M-O-M, at verizon.net. The Fall Convention of the California Council of the Blind will be held from October 25th through the 28th at the LAX Four Points Sheraton Hotel in Los Angeles. ACB of South Carolina will hold its convention on October 26th through the 28th in Greenwood, South Carolina. For more information, email number one at hotmail.com. Looking ahead now to November, the 34th Annual Convention of the Michigan Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired will be held November 1st through the 4th at the Holiday Inn West in Kalamazoo. For additional information, phone 877-254-6393. The Pennsylvania Council of the Blind will hold its convention on November 2nd through the 4th at the Best Western Lehigh Valley Hotel in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. 
Call the PCB office for additional information at 877-617-7407. The Convention of the Washington Council of the Blind will be hosted by the United Blind of Spokane on November 1st through the 3rd at the Doubletree Hotel Spokane City Center. American Council of the Blind of Ohio will hold their convention November 16th through the 18th. The theme is ACBO, Achieving the Courage to Believe in Ourselves. For additional information, email lmwachtell at fuse.net. ACB affiliates are encouraged to place their conventions and other significant affiliate dates on the calendar page at acb.org. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide on side four of the Braille Forum cassette edition and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Send suggestions and comments about this program to reports at acbradio.org. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports. Connecting the blind community around the world, this is ACB Radio. 